This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash RedBullRant. The following podcast may contain language not suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Rant Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of SB Nation and What's a Metro. I'm your host, Jason Iapico. I'm Pat McDonald, and this is episode 161. Playoffs? Talking about the playoffs? Yes, we are, because the New York Red Bulls have officially clinched their playoff spot. Uh, they could have done it last week against New England, but they didn't. They could have had it done for them by Orlando if they lost. They didn't, but they took care of uh, business in Portland with a 2 nothing victory to clinch their playoff spot. The first team in MLS 2015 to clinch a playoff spot. Uh, so, th- it was an uh, interesting game, I think. Actually, wait, before, before, before we even go into that, people may be asking, where's Truman? Uh, and, uh, he, apparently, he decided... That it was funnier to listen to somebody talk than to him to talk him tonight. So yeah, I don't know if I would agree with that. Well, I mean, how else do you explain why he's not here? He'd rather go listen to somebody else talk. That's a shame. You know, he's going to set me up for zingers now. Yeah. I don't know. We're in trouble. You need to set yourself up. That's just sad. <laughs> Can't do that. So. uh Red Bulls went into Portland needing a win to clinch a playoff spot. Uh, Portland, a really good home team in uh, MLS this year. One of one of the best defensive teams in the league this year. And the Red Bulls, in amazing fashion, and this is mostly because Portland let them do this, Felipe Martin's 35-yard goal, just complete out of nowhere. Just an amazing... Amazing kick, amazing goal, amazing everything, especially when Jesse Marsh bounced past it to uh, <laughs> Lawrence to start the play. It was just a, a, an amazing all-around play. you got to love a uh, coach with that kind of competitive spirit and that will like, pretty much interject him into the game, himself into the game in any way he can. So, And, and I saw this – I don't forget who I saw report this. Um, apparently he made a comment that he was very um, – cognizant, I guess, of, of the play and tried to put spin on the bounce pass to make sure they got to the Lawrence <laughs> faster, so whatever that's it. worth. Um, <laughs> then before halftime, in, in stoppage time, uh, Damien Perrinel gets on the head, the end of a cross from uh, Gonzalo Verone, puts it back across frame for a goal, which would end up being the last goal of the game. Thankfully, because Luis Robles is here and had an amazing double save right. on a goal that should have absolutely been scored by Portland. Um, and the game ended 2 nothing. So, Pat, let's get into this one. What did you – and we'll start with the dislikes so we can end on a happy note. What did you dislike about this game? Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to really dislike anything. Um you know, it was a pretty complete performance by the Red Bulls. Uh, I, I suppose they did give Portland a few too many chances, but, you know, 
Portland bungled them, which is kind of what they do. Uh, they've you know, had trouble scoring all year. Uh, but really, uh, the complaint about anything is nitpicking. I mean, they, you know, the, yeah, I, yeah, I guess, uh, that, I, I guess I'm complaining that, you know, they let Portland have any chance whatsoever. And that's a pretty ridiculous complaint. So, uh, there's really not much to dislike, but I guess if I have to go with something, it would be that. My complaint is going to be really superficial and it's ESPN and their color saturation, whatever it was. Um, <laughs> When the sun was out, it looked like they had camera blur on, and it annoyed the crap out of me. <laughs> it, it only looked good when it was like a camera on the sideline, <coughs> a camera on the sidelines that uh, didn't have to deal with the, the glare coming off the grass or sorry turf. But that main camera, I feel like they needed to turn it down a little bit just to get it right. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was just a little annoying. Yeah. All right. So, what did you like about this one? Uh, I think you know you gotta like uh, you gotta like Luis Robles' double save. I mean, he's he you know he's pretty much right now the front runner uh, to be the save of the year winner once again after another double save last year against uh, another Cascadia team, uh, Seattle. So uh, you, you gotta love it. Uh, you know the goals were nice, the, the complete team performance was nice, but uh, in particular, Luis Luis Robles coming up big there at the end and not giving uh, snuffing out. Any life uh, for the Timbers. I mean, you, you kind of have to think that after that double save, that was it. I mean, there, there was no chance the Timbers. The Timbers knew they were done at that point, and uh, that just pretty much put the foot on their neck. So, um, yeah, you gotta love that. It was a be- thing of beauty, and uh, gotta gotta love Luis Robles. I'll go Felipe Martins. I mean, he has only scored I think two goals in MLS this year, mm-hmm. and then he pulls that shit out of a hat. Like, I know he took the shot just because he had loads of space and felt like doing it, but that will, I mean, anybody can take a shot from out there. And Felipe had a very bad shot against New England where it just, like, completely got flubbed. But that one was a thing of beauty, just rising all the way. And then as soon as he got over the goalkeeper, I forget his name, it dipped just enough to, like, get under the bar. It that that shot was like a thing of beauty. It really was. was a, he took he took advantage of a defensive failure, big time defensive lapse by Portland. But hey, that, that's the name of the game. You, you find those holes, find those spots, and you take them. So yeah, uh, you, yeah, it was absolutely a gorgeous shot. And you know, defensive lapse aside, you as a forward, you still have to hit that shot right to make it from thirty five yards out. So well, of course, there's a lot of skill there. It's not like. Oh yeah, of course. In the six yard box, like wide open, where it's like if he misses it, well, what the fuck are you doing? It's thirty five yards out. That thing like skims over the bar. Nobody's getting mad at him, and then he just like puts it right into the top corner. So, <clears throat> um, prediction standings. I don't have updates for because I don't. Shame. Hey, you're not the shame nun for Game of Thrones. You can't do that. For shame. Um, before we take a break, uh, this is a little bit of a shortened episode because, uh, things are just going on apparently, but before we take a break, let's talk real quick about Matt Miazga. Uh, he will be off with the, uh, United States U23 team in Olympic qualifying. Um, I don't know exactly how many games because I forget how Olympic qualifying works. He's going to miss two, apparently. Is it, is it only two? Cause yeah, I heard so that's, like... that's what was reported by, uh, Empire Soccer today. Okay. I probably should look up how that works. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's going to miss the matches against uh, both home games against Columbus and Montreal. Uh, isn't he missing this week's against Orlando? Uh, well, he'll be there for the Orlando match. He leaves after the Orlando oh. match. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I look like an idiot on, on the mainland podcast. I said he was going to be gone. So <laughs> he will be there this Friday night. Screw me. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. So he'll play uh, October first, October third, October sixth, and if they advance, October tenth and thirteenth. So he so may be back in time for Toronto FC. Well, the time that uh, uh, Sean Johnston does his thing again, maybe. <laughs> um, I think it's top three advance, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not so sure. I, <laughs> I think uh, I'll find out when I actually watch the games. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, he'll be gone for a little bit after the Orlando match. Uh, with that, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna have. Uh, on with us from the mainland.com, Michael Citra. We'll be back with more Red Bull rant right after this. Welcome back to Rebel Rant. We want to welcome onto the show for the first time ever from uh, themainland.com and the Mainland Podcast. Yeah, that's right. It's that that podcast with the nice little pun on it that we had on a few uh, weeks ago. But this time, it's the managing editor of the Mainland, Michael Citro. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. No problem. So, we're coming on a Friday you know, you guys have had a, I guess by expansion standards, a decent year, not quite in the playoffs, but you guys are like right on the cusp of it. Um, what has been the general mood about the fan base uh, about this season so far? Well, I think mostly it's been excitement. Uh, you know, a lot of people at the beginning of the season thought it was going to be a rough go. And, and certainly after the first few games, we had a rough patch and it seemed to to bear that out. And then in May and June, the team kind of caught fire a little bit and got some wins and uh, went and got some results on the road, uh, one in some interesting places like Portland, and really kind of got it going and got everybody's imaginations all fired up. So all of a sudden, you know, the team is second in the Eastern Conference, and it's like, wow, this MLS stuff isn't that hard after all, maybe. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, Breck Shea got hurt, and we lost – I mean, we've lost guys throughout the season, very, very key guys. Um not only to injury, but to um, international call-ups and red card suspensions. There was a there was a there was a string of like six games with a red card in like eight or nine games, something ridiculous like that. It was just every time you turn around, somebody was getting sent off. And so July and August happened, and uh, it wasn't very good. And and there were a lot of losses and not a lot of goals. And um, you know, Breck Shea comes back and. Uh, Two wins, two games back and two wins. So maybe he was the missing piece there in, in that July and August period. But, uh, I think the, the overwhelming majority of our fans are, are happy that we're still in the race, uh, with, you know, just a few weeks to go in the season. And, um, I think most of them will be happy if we don't make the playoffs as long as the club uh, finishes ahead of New York City FC. Yeah. I think we'll be okay with that too. So. <laughs> 
We've already passed that, Pat. You haven't, you haven't been reading once Metro. <laughs> um, so you guys have four games left on the season. Uh, you know, both Toronto and Montreal are realistically within uh, striking distance. Do you think with the return of Shea and Kaká, you think you guys might get that late season surge uh, you need to get into the playoffs? Well, potentially, you know, it's the team hasn't won three games in a row as a as a uh, as an MLS side yet. So until they do that, I guess it's kind of hard to to say. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get it revved up and win, you know, the next four. But uh, you know, it's certainly within the realm of possibility. The club seems like it's it's loose and confident right now, which is something that we haven't seen in a long time. And you know, certainly we're gonna need to to scoreboard watch a little bit, but. Uh, you know, anything's possible, and I'm never going to underestimate Toronto's ability to miss the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, not many will. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, you guys have some big names: uh, Kaká, uh, Shea, Kyle Laren, which I, I think, in terms of MLS, is kind of underplayed, but I think he's still pretty big on your team. Um, has there been any other kind of breakout stars for you this year that? fans should be on the lookout for on Friday? Well, our defensive midfielder uh, from Columbia, he's uh, just a, a U-20 player, uh, Christian Higuita, has been outstanding in that role for, for Orlando City. He was he was brought in. Uh, they they signed Carlos Rivas and uh, Christian Higuita, both from uh, Deportivo Cali in Colombia, and they, they brought him in, and everybody heard about Carlos Rivas because he was signed to a young designated player contract. And so Aguita was kind of an afterthought. It's like, oh, okay, well, they're bringing one of his buddies along with him. But Aguita's really been the player uh, that, that has shined and, and taken to MLS very, very quickly. He's he's been a very important player. He makes life difficult for the opposition's uh, attackers and and midfielders. He runs with relentless energy. Uh, he'll he's not afraid to make a hard tackle when he needs to. And you know he's not a terribly huge guy, but he plays much bigger than he is. So. He's been a, he's been a real find for Orlando City, uh, so he's one. And uh, of course, you know most people around the league know about Aurelian Collin. He's had a really really good season for Orlando City, uh, and Tally Hall has come back nicely from his knee injury uh, w- suffered with Houston last year. Uh, so those are the main you know sort of main guys. Darwin Saren is a guy who also plays defensive mid who came up uh, from the USL squad with uh, with Orlando City. He is. A lot like Christian Higuita. I mean, just full of energy. He's all over in your face. He, he makes you know things difficult. He's still kind of learning the game, but he's a he's an El Salvador international, and you know we've missed him when he's gone off to international duty for World Cup qualifiers and that kind of thing, and and uh, the Gold Cup. And he's uh, he's been a guy who's been a, a real you know solid solid player for us this year as well. So that defensive midfield looks really really good. Where we've suffered is, is with Kevin Molino's injury on the at, at the right attacking mid. He's uh, a guy that went down after about six seven games, and uh, was just sort of starting to find his way in MLS. And another guy that came up from uh, USL. He, in fact, he was a goal scoring uh, you know record holder for a season until this year. Uh, he had twenty in a year, and this year it was it was actually broken by two players. But um, you know, so most of the problems have been in the attack. The defensive side has been pretty good. And where Orlando City, you, you know, you look at the goal differential and uh, the goals allowed, and you say, well, you know, how could how can the defense be that good? Well, the defense, you know, wears down under pressure just like you know any other defense if you if you put it under enough pressure. But the defense has, has been very solid. And I think if you look back at that July 18th meeting between these two teams, you'll you know 
Orlando City looked like they were in pretty decent control uh, in terms of the game, even though they were down a man and down a goal uh, for much of that game. So, you know, it's a team that can play, and when they're playing their best, they, they look really, really good. And when they're not playing very well, they look like an expansion team. So this Saturday, or I'm sorry, this Friday night, you guys have uh, quite the daunting task going into Red Bull Arena, um, you know, a place where the Red Bulls are pretty uh, a tough matchup. Uh, how confident or not confident are you going to what's with so few games left, a bit of a must win for the for Orlando City? Well, I think that certainly it's it's you know it is what it is, and at this point we need to win the last four. And, and really kind of get some help. I think that it's not out of the realm of possibility. They could still get in if they draw this game and win their other three. And the other three are all very winnable games. You've got Philadelphia uh, on the road, got um, uh, New York City at home, and Montreal at home. So they're winnable games at home, and, and you know Philadelphia hasn't been great this year. So re- really it all comes down to this game and – you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility they could win. They did actually uh, play pretty well in the last game, although Kyle Aaron got sent off in the 32nd minute for no apparent reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they held their own. And, and Adrian Heath is confident. He says that the, he, he believes that Orlando City matches up well with, with New York Red Bulls. So, uh, but that said, you know, you look at the attacking force that, that the Red Bulls have, and, you know, you look at a Wright Phillips and, you know, a Sam and a Grella and a question and these guys and you go, it's really going to be hard to keep them off the scoreboard and uh, off the scoreboard probably, you know, more than once. So, uh, it, you know, it's you go in there with some hope, basically. You go in there and you say, well, we've won games on the road before against teams that were, you know, we're supposed to roll over us. So, you know, let's get up there and see what happens. All right, so uh, we have to let you. I know we have to let you go because you have a uh, another commitment. But uh, real quick, we have to. We do this to every guest before every game. Uh, what is your scoreline prediction for the match on uh, Friday night between Orlando City and New York? Uh, I kind of have a feeling this is going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, I think both teams have have good defenses. I think um, Orlando City did a pretty good job uh, against New York's attack the last time. Uh, their defense has gotten better uh, since adding David Mateos in the uh, summer transfer window. He's he took took him a few games to get comfortable, but he's a kid that uh, a guy that came up through the Real Madrid uh, academy system. Um, he's looked very very good the last couple games, so uh, I think that it'll be low scoring. And I kind of already predicted this elsewhere. I, I'm I think it might be a one one draw. Okay, well. You don't have the Pope on your side like we do. So, <laughs> who I've seen might be going to the game, but I'm not sure. I, no, I've he's seen, not. He has he has a okay. massive Madison Square Garden. He's not going. Okay, so it's definitely confirmed he is not going. All right. Hey, well, can you Pope, have him? Uh, can you have him divine which is the original Rays while he's up there? <laughs> I don't know. He, I mean, he's a San Lorenzo fan, so him. He's, and a, Verone, Gonzalo, he's a Gonzalo Ferrone fan, so unless yeah. Ferrone's going to mass, he's going to have Pope vibes. That's my guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Michael, before we let you go, where can our listeners uh, read you and follow you online? All right, well, we're at themainland.com, and that's uh, T-H-E-M-A-N-E, like a lion's mane, not like Main Street, uh, L-A-N-D.com. So themainland.com, and on Twitter, we're at themainland, and again, spelled M-A-N-E instead of M-A-I-N. Cool. Excellent. 
All right. Well, Mike, uh, thanks for taking the time out to talk to us. I uh, wish it was a little bit longer, but, you know, we know you have other stuff to take care of. So, um, once again, thank you for coming on. Uh, we'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. Once again, I want to thank Michael for coming on the show. Um, I, unfortunately, he had stuff going on, so that was a, a really short, um, a relatively short guest segment. Usually we do like 20 minutes. We try to, but we just couldn't keep him on long enough, unfortunately. So yeah. next year. Next year. Um, so before we get into the match against um, – shit, I still have Portland on the agenda. I'm a bad producer. That's what I get for putting the, the agenda together like 10 minutes before the show. Anyway, uh, before we get to the game against Orlando, uh, even though the Red Bulls have clinched, we're going to take a look at the playoff picture. So in the Eastern Conference, Red Bulls currently sit in first at 48 points, Columbus in second at 47, New England in third at 46, D.C. in fourth at 45, Toronto in fifth at 40, Montreal at sixth in 39. Um... I believe any of those teams could reach the Red Bulls, so it's not officially that we're a one or two seed, although it is probably likely that we will end up there. Um, <clears throat> the Red Bulls have two games in hand on Columbus, New England, D.C., one on Toronto, and are even in terms of games on Montreal. <coughs> uh, Chicago, I think, is officially eliminated because they can only earn 12 points. Uh, no, they're not officially eliminated, sorry. Because uh, Montreal is just within striking distance for them. But basically, a draw or loss will eliminate Chicago. <laughs> They'll be the first team out. Um, on Supporter Shield side, the Red Bulls are currently tied on points of Vancouver at 48. However, Vancouver has uh, one more win, so they currently hold a tiebreaker over us. Uh, but the Red Bulls do have one game in hand, so if they were to win that game in hand... They would take over sole possession of. I mean, hey, hey, hold on, let me make sure. Yes, they would take over sole possession of first place, as they will have the greater goal differential. Um, trailing behind them, three teams tied at 47 points: FC Dallas, LA, and Columbus. <coughs> Rebel have uh, two games on LA. One uh, are are tied on games in with Dallas, and then New England, Seattle, DC, Sporting Kansas City, and Portland Timbers are the top ten in the league. Um, all right, so now the game against um, Orlando. The Red Bulls will take on Orlando City SC. Friday night, September 25th, 7 p.m. local start time. Uh, hopefully, if you're going to this game, you give yourself plenty of time to get there. As the last Friday night game against Chicago, there was traffic issues, and then with the Pope in New York, and he will be doing a uh, mass at Madison Square Garden. I think it's like 6 p.m., but even though uh, that's going on, there will be a lot of residual traffic, so make sure you give yourself plenty of time. Uh, yeah, I, bet, I bet the Pope breezes through that mass so he can get to the game, no doubt. Uh, I, I don't even know <laughs> if the Pope can get through quick enough to bend the space-time laws to travel to Harrison for that game. He's the Pope. He can do what he wants. 
Well, you know what he could do? He could just, you know, blow through a mask and watch the game at MSG, home of the MSG network. Which That's is not true. which is not broadcasting the game, but we'll still have some sort of feed, I guess. That's true. Um, Truman predicts a two nothing win to the good guys. Um, <coughs> Pat, what do you think is going to happen on Friday? Uh, well, first off, you know we talked about it in, a lot, in our first segment about Matt Miazga missing the two matches after this, and so that makes this one pretty much a must win. Uh, you know, as crazy as that may seem, because fortunately both matches Matt will be missing our home matches and the Rebels are a tough out at home, no doubt. Uh, but you know, you want to pad that, uh, you know, you, you don't want to miss any opportunities here. So it's a must win. So there might be some added pressure on the team. That being said, I mean, Orlando City, they're an expansion team and they've, they played like an expansion team all year. Uh, they had, they had their ups and downs. They may be on a two game winning streak right now. And, uh, like our guest said, uh, Breck Shea is back, and Kaka may also, is also back. Um, but I, I just don't see them getting past the Red Bulls uh, with a po- with any points, uh, draw or otherwise. Uh, I say the Red Bulls win this one at home. I'm going to go with a 3-1 scoreline. Coincidentally, 3-1 is what the the score was in Let's Play FIFA this week. No, Me and the video game think alike. <clears throat> Well, I do not think like the video games that I played. Um, <laughs> I expect a tough game out of Orlando. Even though they are not as great as us this year, I think they will still be a tough out on the road. Um, they apparently have fared better against the Western Conference than the Eastern Conference on the road, but that doesn't mean jack shit in reality. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game like the one down in Orlando. I don't think it's going to be 2 nothing again because, honestly, we got... That second goal down in Orlando was because of the Laren red card that we benefited from greatly. Um, I think it's going to be one nothing to the Red Bulls. A much tighter game than we saw in uh, Orlando. And honestly, the crowd, and I know this is not the fault of anybody that's going to be going to the game, but this game I think deserves to have a bigger crowd at the start of the game, and it's going to be kind of disappointing to not see it. Um and again, I don't think it's at the fault of anybody. It's MLS scheduling the Red Bulls for Friday night game. It's the Pope being in town. It's there's a bunch of stuff going on. It's just going to stop people from showing up on time. So that'll suck a little bit. It's tough. Uh, judging by though, I will say, judging by StubHub prices, I think at least an announced crowd might be in the twenties. Uh, you know, it definitely won't be twenty thousand at the start of the game, but uh, hopefully. Everybody can get there as soon as possible, and uh, we'll have a good crown by the end. Yeah, that won't surprise me if it's announced. But I just, unfortunately, I'm just I see maybe like seven or eight thousand when the game starts because of traffic. So, oh yeah, no, that wouldn't shock me. And and it's sad because the this has a good a potential to be a good game, and that they're gonna at the start of it not have the crowd that it deserves. So, well, let's put it this way: everybody's got to play Friday night matches at some point, and. Nobody except for those teams in the ultra downtown areas are going to have great crowds at the beginning of a Friday night. So well, I'm not going to worry about it. It's just going to be a little extra difficult on this one. But yeah. so what? So be it. Oh, no, I know. I and I accepted it. It just sucks. That's all. <laughs> um, so while Truman's not here, we do have our terrible team of the week. But this week, it is Pat's terrible team of the week. All right, so I'm going to take it for Truman, uh, the mantle for a terrible team of the week. 
Um, you know, I, I thought about it a little bit at first. I was going to say Vancouver because they lost three nothing to Seattle twice in the past week, both on the CCL and in regular season play. Um, but I'm, I don't think Truman would be happy happy with me if I did that. So I'm going to go with his one of his favorite whipping boys. I'm going to go with DC as your terrible team of the week. Uh, they lost over the weekend, uh, continuing their tumble down the uh, the rankings in uh, the Eastern Conference, and they also nearly got embarrassed away uh, in the CONCACAF Champions League down in Trinidad, going down three uh, nothing. They fell asleep for a majority of the game, and then uh, were lucky to get a, a point out of there. So uh, I don't even care that they advanced by getting that point in the CCL. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, DC United. Uh, DC United, along with RK, is falling down, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see them wipe out in the playoffs. Funny thing is, apparently the stadium deal in DC is now hinging on eminent domain. Eh, like, what else is? What else they, they, they went from being able to buy the land to eminent domain, so I, <laughs> I, it just is kind of perfect for them, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So that is it. We have the dumping ground left. So, uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about this week? Uh, no. Yeah, it's uh, we. I think we're good. There's no big U.S. soccer news. It's usually my dumping ground. Uh, I guess if anything I can say is uh, NASL. Come on, just just to stop, just stop with this old Division One thing. And I guess you can kind of this kind of go after the pro rel people as well. It's just like if you want Division One status, pay for the players and get people to watch your watch your sport. It, it's simple as that. Like all these people say, there's no free market. There's a free market. People can go watch NASL if they want, but it's not as good as MLS. And you know, if you want to prove a different system can work. Get owners to stay in NSL, get any, any owners to invest in NSL, and uh, start buying bigger teams. It, it's that simple. It's really that simple. Whining and complaining to U.S. soccer about, uh, you know, we we need you to give us division. No, you need to earn it. You know, earn Division One status. Earn the right for ProRail. Prove it can work, and then it will work. But no, that's not that's not what anybody wants to do. They just want the handout. The you know, like yeah, come on, just force it because we can't do it on our own. So. All I say is uh, tough shit in ASL, um, and uh, just quit, quit whining. Quit your complaining. The funny thing about all this stuff, first off, NASL hasn't even they, – there are revised D1 standings. NASL hasn't even met the original D1 standings or, or criteria. Shocker. So, but the other irony in all this stuff is that there is no technically free market anywhere in soccer. Mm-hmm. And nobody seems to realize that. It's just I love it. It's like there's a reason owners want in an MLS and there's a reason owners don't want in in NASL. And it's like, I'm sorry, but you're never going to have a league where money isn't an issue and the ability to make money isn't an issue. And I, I, you know, it's, and if owners aren't willing to spend 20, 30 million per team in NASL to Trump, MLS, then I think that should say something. You know, it should say something. This this pro rel idea and uh, the fact that NASL should be Division One, uh, they're, they're just both nonsense. At least right now, anyway. There, there was a picture of a Cosmos game, I guess, from yesterday mm-hmm. that I, that someone tweeted out. It looked like a NY two um, game in terms of attendance. 
Because yeah, who the hell wants to go to Long Island to watch a game? I mean, if they're not going to go to Harrison, they sure shit aren't going to Long Island. Yeah, I I don't know what people are thinking. Uh, whatever, but that's. Yeah. Um. So is that all you have? Cause I that's don't have it. That's all my. That's the, the the big dump that I will take. Okay. At the end of this episode. <laughs> Um, so like I said, this is a, a pretty short episode, <clears throat> so let's get you guys out of here. You can follow us at oncemetro.com slash red hyphen bowl hyphen rant. Help us by supporting the show at patreon.com slash red bull rant. Email us during the week at red bull rant at gmail.com. Call us at 973-348-5329, facebook.com slash red bull rant on Twitter at red bull rant for the show at doc the stooge for myself at pmacda2 for pat at the Truman for Truman. Subscribe to the iTunes. Stitcher Radio or SoundCloud.com slash red hyphen bowl hyphen rant. Any last words before we get out of here, Pat? Uh, red Bulls, your destiny is in your hands, so win. All right, so for Pat and myself, this has been episode number 161 of the Red Bull Rant. <coughs> Thank you guys for tuning in, and as always, go Red Bulls. Lates.